0: Excited for this episode of Be in Master the podcast with my friend Heidi. And I am Robert Gatewood. Oh, forgot uh, we were. I gonna, yeah, I mean, I'm limiting the amount of energy drinks I'm drinking this morning. It's always a good <laughs> idea. Uh, we have a good friend with us. Um, how, would, how would you like to be introduced?
1: i uh, just uh, Chris Alvarado. Chris that's Alvarado, that's
0: awesome, awesome guy. Um very integral professional in a lot of the worlds that uh, Heidi and I have talked about on the podcast at this point, but uh, he's the exec director for Slavic Village, and they serve a ton of folks not too dissimilar to our neighborhood. They've got multiple thousands of uh, neighbors that live over there. The org is very awesome. They're forward-thinking. They're very service-driven. And I've known Chris longer than his professional role there. Very random connection. Much prior. And I don't even, I don't know if you were at Slavic at the point we met. And a very cool friend's other professional friends Bonfire. Okay. Uh, Mr. Balboa.
1: Oh, Paulo! Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I think I ran into you there randomly because my wife worked with him.
1: Right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, my wife and I uh, uh, are friends with with Paulo and with uh, Alex mm-hmm. Alex Baca, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back when they were uh, they were together, and they're both here in yeah. Cleveland. They live about a couple of blocks away from us, over in Detroit Shoreway, um, and uh, both of them. Alex, much more so than Paulo, were involved with uh, with the bike community here in, in Cleveland. Yeah. I think I might have been just starting at Slavic
0: Village sure. when, uh, when we met. Yeah, that's and it was well before my intentional presence there. And I don't know that would have been what I can't even recall how many years ago Maybe eight.
1: I, it probably would have been seven, eight years ago. Yeah. yeah.
2: So yeah. Yeah, and you and I met through CDC LP, a leadership group. Um, so, it's big, very weird, the circle. <laughs> the it's circle a small is town. Like neighborhood exactly. that, in that way. It's a <laughs> uh,
0: So, yeah, Heidi, um, I'm really excited about this episode. What yeah. are you thinking about? You wanna, like, how do you want to handle today's conversation with our like, What do you, you want to talk about? You know,
2: about? I really like, I like to get into you personally okay. and... Professionally, so we kind of like to cover, like, what do you want in your life? Mm-hmm. What do you want for your business and what do you want for your community? Okay. So I think, like, you have that great aspect where you can, like, touch on all of those. Sure. Um, so my first, like, observation or question for you is, like, what does Slavic Village mean to you? Because it's very old community. Yes and
1: no. Okay. I mean, the the, the community itself, Um. so the neighborhood actually predates the city of Cleveland. So Mm. back when the first folks started moving into what is now known as a Slavic Village, it was known as uh, Newburgh Township Mm -hmm. back then. It really formed around uh, Mill Creek Falls, which if you haven't been, it's really cool. It's the tallest waterfall in uh, Cuyahoga County. Um, And at the time of White Settlement, Mm -hmm. In uh, in the in what's now Slavic Village, uh, it was a lot of farmland. Uh, the falls were useful because you had uh, different uh, different mills along it, hence Mill Creek. Um, and it was back then populated by folks from Ireland and okay. the Isle of Man, so Manx uh folks uh who were in Ohio because they were digging the Ohio and Erie Canal and so as that work was finished they were looking for places to settle they they came to this particular spot because um it was uh connected to the canal you had the mills there and at one point um the village of Newburgh was bigger than the city of Cleveland uh until a bunch of other stuff happened that I'm not even going to get into. I'm going to get it wrong. Um, so the neighborhood itself is very old in terms of its settlement, but in terms of what the neighborhood is like now, being the, um, I would say, the neighborhood that most closely resembles the city of Cleveland as a whole, right? We're a microcosm of the city in terms of our racial demographics. So we're 49.9% African-American, uh, About uh, 8 to 10% Latino, mainly Puerto Rican. And then, you know, a still fairly substantial population of folks with either Eastern or Central European heritage or um, from Appalachia. And, but the neighborhood as it is now is fairly new. It's only been around, you know, this particular demographic mix for maybe 20 years or so. Okay.
2: Um, Okay.
1: uh, And, you know, very much our, our goal is to help it to thrive with with that mix that we've got to, to be basically be a model for uh legacy and neighborhoods and legacy cities like Cleveland. Like.
2: okay so when we're talking about like legacy um what kind of legacy do you want to leave
1: the so a lot of folks will uh you know pay compliments to Slavic village into the work they were doing by saying, Oh, you know, you're creating like the next Ohio City or the next Tremont," and yeah, I see the cringe there because <laughs> well, you hear this also. There is
0: no video. Of this <laughs> uh, and I'm grateful. <laughs> well,
1: it's, it's 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 no
0: disrespect to anyone intended.
1: No disrespect, but um, you know, having you know my 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 experience with cdcs community development corporations mm. not started, the me-
2: not the medical not, not the, the medical, medical part
1: uh which <laughs> has been wrong. much more in the forefront over the last few years um but that's been uh, so i started at Tremont west on their board mm. goodness this would have been 2009 because um, okay. it was right right after uh, uh president obama got mm-hmm. elected um so I'm familiar with and I love uh, uh Tremont and my wife and I live in Detroit Shoreway now, and we love our neighborhoods. Um and I moved there right before uh starting at Slavic Village, but that's that isn't the model that we're we're going after. Um I think the legacy that I'd want to leave is that we're 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 helping our neighbors, residential neighbors, and our businesses and all our institutions able to thrive in a, in a in a neighborhood with a high quality of life um that is um, that welcomes a wide variety of folks regardless of their uh, racial background or their economic background uh or or where they are in terms of their own lifes journey like how is it that we create the neighborhood in which anybody can thrive that's that that is very much behind all the work that we're doing as a, uh, as a CDC. Okay.
2: So on a personal level, what kind of legacy do you want
1: to I think it's very, very similar. So okay. I, I, I didn't grow up in Cleveland. I, I was born and raised in, uh, in San Antonio, Texas, uh, fifth generation Texan. Um, and my, uh, my father, uh, Richard, uh, as we were growing up, he worked for the United Way of, uh, of Bear County, San Antonio. Um, a little different from, like every United Way is a little different from each other. Like the one here in Cleveland is kind of like a big grandfather and, and uh, you know, the Slavic, uh, the, the, the San Antonio one, pardon me, um, was, you know, uh, a bit younger um, and it started off following this more corporate kind of model and this was back when that kind of workforce giving was 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 a bigger deal. But but you know when my dad started off there in the seventies, um, you know his work was around you know how is it that we're that the organization kind of picks and chooses winners, right? In terms of mm-hmm. who gets who gets funded. funding, exactly. money
2: and gets to succeed in the community and right. all that.
1: Which is a way to Help organizations to thrive, but it's also um it, 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 it's it, the way that those <laughs> the way that organizations rise or fall were very much based on where did the funding mm-hmm. come from and there wasn't much other support other than that and so one of the things that he did as he was uh, getting things up and going um uh, was he said you know we need to change what that model is we need to be able to uh not just Tell folks as they're putting in their their funding requests all right you got the money or you didn't get the money but really be able to work with especially emerging organizations help them develop their own leadership capacity and help them to be more effective organizations either in terms of, of developing better metrics or having better um, better uh, uh, governance of the organization sure. uh, to be able to you know, maybe, you know, have they done a strategic plan? Have they done all the work that they could do to be more effective at serving their communities? And that was a legacy that he left. And so when it comes to my legacy, I don't know if it's going to be around the work that I personally do. I I feel like a lot of the success that I've been able to have has been around helping organizations or helping individuals to build their own capacity. And that's, that's very much the attitude that I've taken um, in my work. It's not a village development.
2: It kind of sounds like a similar, like you, you emulate your father in a certain way because he did kind of that too. with right. His work. Yeah. Like he helped people build their own capacity. And in so... You've kind of like intrinsically taken
1: it on. Uh, yeah, very unintentionally. Uh, I, you know, I, I, you know, going through college and and, 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 uh, and even immediately afterward, I had no intention of going into the nonprofit field or, or like, anything was, about that.
0: What's that? Like how many folks actually, you know. Nobody. Know, you yeah. Know, like you kind of fall into the, it's a slip and slide, it feels like. It is. You care about a thing, you just.
1: Next thing you know, you just you find yourself immersed in. Uh, You're yeah, like, man, I programs. care.
0: Like I have
2: to do this. It <laughs> like, Yeah,
1: yeah, that's um, funny. So yeah, it was very much something that 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 kind of happened by accident. But I was also uh, I was fortunate that uh, you know while my my dad was alive, I had that time to be able to to talk to him. Um, you know, he passed away before I started at, at, at Slavic Village, but I was, you know, he knew the CDC world, he knew the non-profit world, and we were able to just talk about, you know, what does it take to help others fulfill whatever their mission, mission may be, whether it's an individual mission, or it's an organizational mission, or a community mission. So I was pretty fortunate to have that.
2: That's awesome.
0: So given that... Trajectory. It sounds like because of the familial, I won't say you were an heir to a, uh, a, a behavior or anything, but it very much sounds like this was a track your family is on. How similar is this to whatever you might have aspired to? Because I would imagine you came through the post secondary educational system. What were your? Go- is this how close to what you aimed at are you? I, I, so if you were aiming, <laughs> if you were aiming, because so, I wasn't aiming,
1: I, I had a name. Okay. Uh, my aim. So I went to a medical high school really uh yes mm-hmm. uh it, it was it i it was great it, we we called it a uh a nerd sanctuary because there's <laughs> about 800 of us uh all you know looking at you know becoming physicians or nurses or you know in the allied health yeah. health field and i um uh i wanted to be at, at different points either a cardiologist or a pediatrician i wasn't sure what it was that i that I wanted to do, but I wanted to be in medicine. I wanted to, to I wanted to heal people, right? Because in my, yeah. Uh, so you know, my summers were spent at various different academic uh, programs to you know guide me in that, in that path. And I found myself one uh, summer with nothing on my plate, right and um I, you know i could have gotten like a job someplace or just farted around and you know for that for that uh that summer um but my dad said you know there's just this, this this camp um that centered around uh uh kids with uh developmental disabilities um it's an organization called children's association for maximum potential it's camp the camp was called camp camp so very uh <laughs> very cool very cool uh you know nowadays uh you know uh, camp camp you know it sounds you know more like a uh you know if you're you know trying to identify your sexuality <laughs> oh. and you're like you know into <laughs> drama it's a great place for that and we actually we had a lot of drama so that was that was fun <laughs> that was fun also and it was a, it was a great community because it, it just everybody just just you had you had a, a lot of young people um High school and early college who were serving as as counselors, and the camp was centered around these these kids who were turned away from other camps who were not eligible to go to a camp for kids with uh uh, uh with uh mild intellectual disabilities or kids who were blind or who had hearing impairments or the like i mean these were kids who oftentimes had multiple disabilities. Mm-hmm. Maybe both intellectual uh, uh, disabilities and mental illness, or physical di- disabilities and intellectual disabilities, or autism. I mean, this was in the uh, the early you know, late eighties, early nineties, in which we were still so trying to, still trying to figure stuck
2: yeah.
1: him together, right? Um, and so he we said, "Well, why don't you just try this out for a
0: couple of weeks?"
1: Um, and so I you know, went through. There was a week of orientation, and then. There was uh and then i was I was a, a counselor for a week, and it was very much based on 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 one on one 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 camper to one counselor because of the, the needs the needs exactly and um and he said you you know you probably will like this because it's it's uh there's a lot of physicians there right uh so you're going to have a lot of experience with the medical field, um, which I did, and it still kind of set me on on that path so that that two weeks turned into oh goodness six summers six wow. summers of eight eight to ten weeks of of doing this and so I went from like being a counselor to being a uh, a, a a cabin leader to by the time I left I was uh, the assistant camp director right I mean this is just you know pr- pr- promotion to the point where <laughs> you're like all right you're no longer good at this but we're too polite to tell you do something else but i enjoyed it and um and so when i went to to college i was still thinking kind of going down that that medical uh path uh so i was in pre-professional studies which was my university's way of saying pre-med um but i took a class a a, a freshman seminar in philosophy Mm. uh, with this uh Professor named Alastair McIntyre who wrote a book called After Virtue, and it was around how different communities um, develop senses of ethics. Right, and it was very much, it very much took the the, the position that um, that human development and and, and our own individual finding of, of what moves us and what it is that we should. Do is shaped by the communities in which we live, and how it is that we interact with those communities and develop those that that that, that community ethos. Right? Mm-hmm. What is it that's good? What is it that our community should look like? And I guess I you know that was that got me interested in in communities. Um, I still wanted to go down that medical path, but I wasn't sure. So when I graduated, I um, I took a year off. I, you know, I did the MCATs, I you know, was ready to go to med school, uh, but I didn't apply because I'm like, I'm not sure this is what I want to do. I took a year off, and that was what brought me to Cleveland, and I lived in, uh, I, I, I volunteered and lived in a community called L'Arche. Uh, 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 L'Arche Cleveland was part of an international federation of communities centered around adults with intellectual disabilities, and I said, I'm going to do this for a year and uh, figure out do I want to go to med school? What is it that I want to do? And a year turned into six years. You see kind of a, a pattern here. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I realized I didn't want to go to med school and I started taking some classes at Cleveland State. Because uh, I, oh, I heard about the, go Vikes, I heard about the Masters in Urban Planning, Design, and Development back then. And that got me into the, down the, kind of the, the community building path via urban planning.
2: Okay. Yeah. And so was your your dad was still, was he still alive through this? Transition?
1: He was still alive through all of this. Yeah. Pa- uh, Pop passed away in uh in 2013. And so, you know, I've been here in Cleveland since
2: 94. Okay. So so what was his thoughts when you were like, "Hey, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna go to med school, but I'm gonna
1: oh. like go build community <laughs> uh well i, I mean I, it, it never it never came out that way, but he was he was he was completely supportive of awesome. of my okay, oh, yeah, not you know, not going to med school um he he never pushed me in one way uh or the other about what that what that career should look like uh, my mom
0: <laughs>
1: different story. There's always one well least. because i so i'm half mexican half Vietnamese. My mom is that you know was that classic uh, tiger mom,
2: <laughs> right?
1: Uh, so I did like I did the, 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 the things that you know a good uh, Vietnamese son should be doing. I, I I studied violin. I was in orchestra. I studied hard. I was in a path to med school, and so I think that was a lot harder on her uh, that uh, I, I didn't go down that path. Uh, okay. Certainly than, than for my
2: dad. And is she still with us then?
1: She is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she's and, still back know. in San Antonio.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, with you being here in Cleveland and your experience kind of like going through ranks of like leadership and things like mm-hmm. that, what is something that you use today or that you took with you through those experiences of like leadership and like building and building relationships? It doesn't sound like it was intentional.
0: No, absolutely. When when you say it now, do you hear? Like, do you see the? Oh, well, that makes sense. (laughs) Like,
1: well, I mean, it wasn't intentional. I think I've 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 been fortunate. I've I've been in positions where, and I guess I had a mindset of of saying, well, you know, maybe there's a a gap here, or 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 somebody needs to be responsible for this for this this crap. And I found myself in, uh, in in that position. In that room, like, I need to do something. I mean, uh, uh, you know, an example was when I um, uh, so I got involved with Tremont West uh, on the board because the year prior I got to know folks like uh, Sammy Catania and Scott Rosenstein, both of whom were at, uh, both both of whom lived in Tremont and, and were staff members at Tremont West. Uh, I got to know them because of volunteering with the Obama campaign uh, that was something I just kind of I, I stumbled into I said I you know I want to do something for the campaign uh, and so I found out about this Tremont for Obama organization they were looking for campusers, just folks going door-to-door knocking um, asking folks if they're registered that you, if anybody's gone through a campaign you know, like a whole list of questions like you know what are what are the things that you're concerned about? Hey, here's some pamphlets that'll kind of let you know what what Brock's position is about all of this. And it was something that I did because I was bored with work. I was working for the County Planning Commission and it was a, it was a, you know, a steady nine to five, 40 hour a week job. And I, and, and I, and I, and I enjoyed what I was doing, but I, I felt like I needed more. And so um, I uh, said, oh, I'll take a couple of hours a week just do some door knocking after, after work. And that turned into like 20 hours a week, you know, weekends and after. (laughs) I, the
0: pattern holds.
1: Pattern holds. And, (laughs) and before I know it, I was like organizing the canvassing in the neighborhood. Right. So I was like, all right, you know, anybody who's interested in canvassing, you sign up here, you're going to show up at visible voice. Uh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to send you on your way with your packets, blah, blah, blah. And so, and I was very proud of that. Right. We, we, We increased voter turnout 71% from the previous presidential campaign, not the previous election, the previous presidential campaign. And so we're feeling all good, November (laughs) 2008, and uh, Sammy, uh, Sammy Catania, turns to me and says, all right, well, now you got all this time on your hands, you want to join the Tremont West board. I said, "Sure. What does Tremont West do?" And so, like that's like, so I would say, like my, my advice is get involved in something, and and if you see something that you enjoy, I think leadership just finds you. Like, there's always going to be that gap to be able that, that needs to be filled, and um, and just be open to that experience. So, I mean, that was what I had with the, you were with just the, kind the like campaign. Open. I was open to like ex- it. Just flowed. It just flowed from there. I mean, same thing with Tremont West. I was on the board for like a couple of months when the board secretary decided that she wasn't going to be on the board anymore. So I'm like, oh, well, nobody else is going to be the secretary. Fine, I'll be the board secretary. <laughs> Two years later, nobody wanted to be board president. I'm like, fine, I'll run for board president and, and 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 did that. And so it's it's it's, yeah, my life is pretty much fine. I'll do this and then enjoy it.
0: Then I'm in decent company, yeah. Okay, (laughs) so it's not absurd that you just you're sitting in a seat and you see something else pop open, yeah, and your gut just told you to go right, you knew you could go, yeah,
1: yeah. It's not a matter of 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 going out, like, pretty much every leadership position I've been in wasn't a matter of me going out and seeking it, it was something that was there in the the time was right, the Slavic Village. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is I. Did not when the, when Marie Kittridge, my predecessor, mm-hmm. and my friend, we were both on the on the on the board of Bike Cleveland together. Mm-hmm. Um, when she said that she was going to be stepping down, um, I didn't apply for it because I wasn't thinking. All right, I'm going to you know direct a, a CDC. <laughs> I
2: don't. Um, does anybody ever wake up in the morning and go? No. I think I'm going to become the director of a community development corporation.
1: Well, and and and, and, <laughs> and I think anybody who who says. Continue I want it, 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 Anybody who says, I'm going to do this, <laughs> you've got some issues. So I was
0: gonna, anyone that wants to be in that room, I don't know if I want to in right. that room. Yeah. Like, being in the room, cool. This is my room. I'm not sure now. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, that's interesting. Um, So
1: she asked me, hey, would you would you work, would you meet with my board president and walk her through what you did at Tremont West when your director Left, and you were the board president. Gotcha. Uh, how to how to hire somebody? I said sure, I'd be happy to do that. So I I sat down with uh, Suzanne, who was the the board president of, of Slavic Village at the time, and uh, we sat in for lunch. And I just said, hey, you know, I just had an outline. This is this is who you need to talk to. This is who this is what you need to to keep in mind as you're doing the the the, the, the search process. Um, this is how you get input from elected officials that are a part of this because you want them to be involved but you don't want them to direct the hiring, right? Um, and and so I and I said, if you any any questions, give me a holler. So, Did
2: you know that you were interviewing
0: at the time? I was. I, was, I, I don't think I was interviewing at the time. Still, at that moment in time, that's not what you said. No, yeah. no,
1: I was not interviewing at the time, um, and I don't think I was, because it took a few months, right? I, so I, I, I sat down with her, and I said, if you need me, give me a holler. And uh, a few months later, uh, Marie calls me up and says, um, so why don't you apply for this? We're, you know, we're still looking for candidates, blah, you know, et cetera, and uh, and I said, mm, all right, I'll you know, put in my resume, and uh, and they they hired me, which was kind of bonkers, and it's been <laughs> a little over nine years now.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, given your entire like hearing that summarized history, it is less bonkers to an outside observer, I think, than it might be for you having to walk through that because you're, you're like, like, this is not what I was doing. But honestly, looking backwards, I'll put it this way. If I had to ask you a question, for an organization like a Slavic village or any CDC that's actually concerned about its community's work, is there a type of leader that would be successful if that wasn't the case? Because everyone, I think, has talents to lead orgs, but. CDCs kind of ex- are
2: special. It's a.
0: Yeah. I'm still toying on that being a sure. shirt. But it's like. Community development corporations are a very interesting beast in that they are the community and they are also the professionals that may not be the
1: community. Right, that's a struggle all the time. Um because you go in with with a certain expertise, right, around development or community organizing or the like. But at the when it comes down to it, it's it's the residents who are experts about. Their communities—it's the neighbor, it's the, the businesses and and the institutions that have been there and that'll be there after you're gone that know their neighborhood best. But then it's a balancing act, right? Because you don't want every decision to be up for a community-wide vote. You need to be able to bring in that information, to bring in those perspectives, and then use use your you know, combination of, of of expertise and intuition. To then um, you know guide 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 what that looks like guide uh guide projects, guide development, guide uh um, just I- I- initiatives uh what does outreach look like, what does community stability look like um and I think the kind of leadership that you need, not just at the e d level but but I would say just throughout. A community development corporation's uh org chart is the ability to 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 listen to have an open heart um and to be able to make difficult decisions when you have to when you have to do that um it's also you know everybody i i think i've been very fortunate um in that we've been able to attract and retain folks who are at their heart team builders. Because it's not just a matter of building a team within the organization, but it's also you're in you're in the same team with your with your neighbor. And so uh knowing that, you know, there are gonna be times you're gonna be yelled at, right? It
0: happens on every good team. It happens on
1: every good team. If you're passionate about what you're doing, you're gonna have that fight, whether it's in the huddle or on the sideline or after you know, after a loss. Um, but then you have to be able to 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 say, all right. You, you know, you, you set that aside. You, you keep in mind what is that you're getting yelled at about, um, and you're saying, all right, how do we how do we learn from that? How do we move forward as as a result of that? That includes you know dealing uh, you know dealing with your um, with your funders, whether it's the city of Cleveland, whether it's council members, your your foundations. There are going to be times in which you mess up, and you, you figure out, all right, how do we how do we take that constructively and then move forward? That's that's I would say the biggest um, one you know, of biggest skills you need to have with not just CDCs, but any organization that serves a community um, in some sort of way. It could be a health organization. It could be a school, what have you. That's, you have to be able to have that.
0: So hearing you go down that route and now hearing the backstory that got you here, one thing that it does trigger a question, you evidently are other centered person or a service based mm-hmm. person at your core. But in order for you to serve, you have to have something to serve from. Are you conscious or has it been a part of your process to be conscious of your own um, the impacts, this kind of work, this path has been on you? Like, has there been any intention or thought of showing up for yourself? Because these situations, like you said, the team's yelling, but how do I keep that metaphor going? Uh, the, the, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the lineman isn't in the quarterback room. Right lineman doesn't understand you're supposed to take this snap that way, so they're yelling at you in a way that might actually affect you. Yeah. Are you doing stuff to show for yourself in this kind of a role? Because you're in a foxhole in a way.
1: Yeah. Um, that was I, a heavy question. I,
0: I, <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's,
1: it's, I, I'm trying to be better at that.
2: Right.
0: Um, the... It's
1: something I've always struggled with, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just 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 caring for yourself. You know, if you, can, if you don't, you know, it's the whole the whole oxygen mask metaphor, yep. right? You gotta have the oxygen mask over your face before you help somebody else, right? My, and so
0: my my co-hosts said that to me on and off my cuff to me, so I promise I get it.
1: <laughs> and um, and so I think I've 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 had to get better at that. And I would say, I think the best way that I know how to practice that is by remembering that I have to model for my team what doing this in a healthy way should look like, right? So um, that means that, you know, if I'm seeing, uh, you know, uh, somebody on my team, you know, putting in Whole lot of hours, right? I will nag them until they take their uh, that flex time, that they're that they're that they're doing what they need to do for them to you know take that time off and 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 step away for a bit. Um, and in doing so, I think it's it's so it's it's just it's modeling what what is what is caring for others look like, but also showing others what is it that you need to be doing in order to to remain physically, emotionally, mentally healthy, spiritually healthy through all this. And so that also means that I have to do things like taking those that time off for myself. Because if I'm not doing that for myself, I'm not modeling that for, for others. Um, and I've gotten a lot better at that Good. over the years because i've had to i've unfortunately never gotten to a point where I've just broke or I broke myself um but I can see that how that's easy to do, and I think that's a reason why I've been able to stick with this for for nine plus years in a uh uh in a movement that can eat folks yes.
2: Yeah. And so, like, have you always been able to recognize, like, hey, I'm getting close, I need to, like, do some self-care, or has this been, like, other people pointing this out, and then you internalizing, going, okay, so that's what it feels like, and so I need to then check in with myself.
1: I think I I I was fortunate that my my first experience out of college in living in community, Mm -hmm. um, where you know you're so i'm 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 living in a home uh uh with uh, serving four folks with intellectual disabilities with like maybe one or two other um folks who are who are providing service who are part of the community as well who don't have intellectual disabilities right and th- this this community has been around here in Cleveland since the late seventies um but internationally since like the early Early mid seventies. Like, you know, there's over a hundred of these communities around the world. Um, it sounds a little culty, but it's not quite. Um, uh, maybe people will, will take a <laughs> different idea. But but it's 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 it, the whole idea is that is that um, around these communities is that folks with intellectual disabilities have a lot of lessons to teach us
0: mm-hmm.
1: about. Self fulfillment about 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 living living with open hearts, and that means that that means that you know you're, you're 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 building a family together. Families don't clock in and out, right? You know, something happens in the middle of the night. You got to take care of it. um Folks are having a hard time. You don't say up. Oh, you know, it's eight o'clock. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. Right. <laughs> You, you 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 walk you walk through that with each other and um but the community was also really good about um making sure that folks were being cared for anybody who's in a caring profession runs at risk of mm-hmm. always caring for caring for somebody else and not caring for themselves which again goes to that oxygen mask yeah. analogy uh, but we had structures in place for that, like for example, if you were, you know, you had that weekend off, you. We had the option of leaving the house because as long as you're in the house, something happens, you're you're there, you're gonna do something with that. But we had an apartment that folks could just go into for that weekend and 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 do whatever that they needed to do to recharge. And 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 I, you know, I'm an introvert. I need that time that. And so, that taught me very early on the importance of, of of getting to that line, but not going over the line into exhaustion and such. And also modeling for others what that looks like, um, and and caring for my fellow caregivers uh, at the same time, and and trusting each other. And I think I hope that's the 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 uh, the culture that we have. I, actually, I know that's a culture we have in Slavic village development because I'll have my t- folks on my team tell me, "What are you doing here? Go home. I've got this." And we're all we're all keeping each other accountable not just for what it, you know what it is, how we're performing, but how are we doing?
2: it? And you also have dogs.
1: And we have dogs. <laughs> yeah, that Wait,
0: was. So I, that I don't know.
1: That's interesting. So, uh, <laughs> um, uh, folks. Uh, yeah, we're a dog friendly office. Uh this started oh, your mental is gonna be through the world. That helps a heck of a lot. It's it's not we, we started this um as staff were coming back into the office mm. um in uh, yeah, I guess would have been late twenty twenty or so. Um, you know, like every like everybody else, you know, we were completely remote from uh March uh seventeenth. Uh 2020. I remember that date. I I, just, <laughs> I remember I remember just shutting down the office and um I don't know if any y'all watched Firefly or mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that point where, where Mal is has his everybody's left uh uh, uh, uh Serenity and in, in our in our uh, uh and he's like shutting everything down that's what it felt like. I'm like walking through, I'm shutting things down like crap. I don't know when we're gonna are we ever going to open it back up again? Yeah. And that was heavy. And uh, so when we came back, like we still now, we don't have like certain number of days that folks need to be in the office. We're still flexible with that. But folks choose to come in to the office like you know, for, oh, four or five want, days. Folks want to come in. Huh? Folks will want to come in, right? And, and part of it is is that, you know, as, as folks were beginning to come in, um, they're like, well, I adopted a dog. Or <laughs> my dog's really used to me now. I'm like, well... All right, well, let's just bring the dog in. Let's see how this works and uh, you know, we had to get a a spot a, a spot <laughs> cleaner yeah. and 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 gates and such. And so, yeah, we've got um usually have we usually have at least one dog in the office. There's four different dogs that come to the office at different times. Uh, I think they're actually on our on our we have our, our check-in board and you got, you know, all of <laughs> All the staff and then the dogs.
0: Like, so we know
1: <laughs> which dogs are going to be in the office. We know, like, all right, certain dogs need to be by themselves so that we have one dog who only comes in on Friday and he's the only one who can come in because he doesn't get along with the other dog. It's not that he doesn't that's get along. Scheduling. It's, just, good it's a good schedule. Yeah, schedule this. Right. That's, but, that's hilarious. So we're a dog friendly it office.
0: It's a good time. <laughs> I had no idea.
2: I mean, I think it's pretty exciting.
0: And it makes so much fun. Again, it strikes me very obvious now hearing about your backstory. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. That kind of thinking isn't regular enough. And I'm not going to blame for dump on CBCs. Generally, organizations, but businesses COVID gave an opportunity for yeah. people to pivot. I hope and so. Everyone didn't take that opportunity, or maybe some people took it and are trying to hold yeah. norm. Yeah. But the, I would suspect at this point, pups are around. Like that's just the thing now. That like, is. Everyone seems to be happy about it. Like I, yeah.
2: It's great for the mental health,
0: like, I'm I sure. Could. And I was not a pup guy at all until I adopted my mom's dog because we moved, bought a house. Instead of sending him off to the farm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, no, we'll take care of him. I mean, he was an older guy. Okay, you meant you, you meant
1: literally to the farm, not like yeah, like well, no, no, farm. no. Oh,
0: thank you for clarifying. <laughs> okay,
1: just needing to no, do no, that because he was
0: very healthy when we took <laughs> okay, him. Okay, good, good. Um, but we had it for five years. But the, having a dog matters so much more mm-hmm. to mental health than I recognize. Yeah. Cool.
1: Cool. I'm a cat, I'm a cat with my wife and I are cat folks. I was, I was folks.
0: raised a cat man, which is why I was like, I don't know, I love cats, yeah. but I don't
1: know. It just if means I can't bring my cat those. in. Yeah. That's a <laughs> bummer.
0: <laughs> I don't know how, yeah, that would be it. That would be a Oh, show. no, no, they don't want that. You put a webcam <laughs> They don't off, want that. Other than that, that's yeah. rough. No, yes. that's awesome.
2: I don't know of any other CDC I've never heard of that.
0: I haven't heard of that Not with pups. I've heard of the office cat, but not CDC's. either. It was That's a, um... Interesting flex from March seventeenth. It's interesting. <laughs> we. I feel like everyone that was. It's that. Do you remember where you were? Kind of yeah. day. Yeah. It was a very interesting period. Of, and you mentioned, you know, your organization having that kind of a team builder vibe. I can concur. I know a lot of the people personally separate from the work. It's exactly that kind of thing. Yeah, very yeah. much. That's such an interesting place to be in. So like. I guess at this point, if I had any questions about your work, because I tr- we, I nudged in the personal thing because that's Heidi's been forcing me to um, recognize that I'm a human being. <laughs>
2: um, it's I'm like a
0: honest, important at I'm times. Yeah, it's you got to uh, turn that on. <laughs> but the last question around the work piece, like um, if you saw one, is there a particular goal you've got for the org that you and the org has been building yeah. in the next short period, long period? Some, is there anything that's because I know events yeah. are always coming this is something, but like anything big picture.
1: So you know the last. I think we were fortunate in that before the pandemic started, we had already been pivoting towards more of a housing, to, to, to developing a housing stability, mm-hmm. uh, 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 program, right? How is it that we help not just homeowners to stay in their homes through fifty-fifty 50 grants sure. or through, uh, you know, helping with applications, uh, that would go to uh, the city or, or or CHN housing partners, but also how it is that we can help renters to stay in place. And we had a lot of this in place that when March twenty twenty hit and folks were were you know first dealing with just getting um, masks and and sanitizer and such, but then you know out of work, needing to stay in their homes. Um, I mean, we were ready when a lot of the uh, the, the the COVID-19 fund uh, was up and going, and so we had staff that already knew how to help renters to be able, be able to stay in place. And we, I mean, we were able to distribute several several million dollars worth of assistance oh, over those those couple of years. Um, I mean, I'll put up uh, us up against any other neighbor in terms of our ability to 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 help folks stay in place. Um, we've also from a from a from a traditional development and have been really successful around taking taking vacant and abandoned single family homes and either renovating them ourselves or working with local investors to uh, get those homes up and going again. As you all
0: didn't hear the face that we all made. It's yeah, fine. local, right? <laughs> local, local, uh, loud and loud and clear. So not, not, so not necessarily from Turkey, not necessarily no. from other parts which we yeah. love, but are not that close to us yet. The, the folks who are here
1: and who are uh, who, who visit the homes who are part of a building community. Awesome. So we've been we've been successful at that, and and we're I, the capacity that we're trying to build now is around um you know larger development multifamily development uh uh constructing new single family homes as a part of infill it's it's a struggle because we're still a weak market neighborhood but it's gotten stronger um uh you know we have a partner in uh, third federal savings and loan awesome. that has not just been you know a an anchor for the neighborhood from an employment standpoint, but also um, has been a big part of developing uh, uh, their own uh, part of the neighborhood called Trailside. And so, you know, they've got new single-family homes that are, that are selling for um, just shy of $200,000. Oh, wow. they, can go over, they can go over $200,000, which sounds great. It helps the, the property fair. values, but it's still, like, these are costing $300,000. There's still a, a gap there. Right? Especially
2: with the market how it is right now. It's like insane. It's so insane. To be yeah. able to have that, that's,
1: that's huge. So I think we, it, it, and so we want to, we want to build, have new construction taking place on a regular basis in our neighborhood while at the same time helping folks to stay in place. And, and, and I, you know, I, I we were very deliberate about that. We were very deliberate about having doing housing stability programs so that the folks who are in the neighborhood are going to be able to benefit from the increase in equity in their homes um, and that's still a that's still a, a real those are those are difficult discussions to have but i think we're able to show the numbers you know basically saying you know your your property values may go up a little bit but this is what it actually means in terms of your property taxes right? Um, because, I mean, that's, the, you know, most, most Americans' wealth is still in. It's
0: tied to that piece of land. Yeah, building. Piece. Exactly.
2: Yep. Yeah. Um, so, with talking about, like, some of the struggles with, like, going through and trying to really recreate, or create, I should not say recreate, but create, like, a community and things like that, um, what is maybe something that is like the most difficult about your job or about generally about community development or misconception of community yeah.
1: development. I I think a lot of folks believe that we have a lot more power than we have. Mm-hmm. Um that we can move markets ourselves. That when we start, you know, we're working with with with, with, with a couple of developers right now, smaller developers who are, you know, building single family homes and uh you know the the work started about a year ago on this to figure out the financing to figure, you know to do a, a, a property assembly et cetera, and we started talking to uh folks in you know the, the sub neighborhoods that that are affected and they're like well it's 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 July why isn't anything built yet <laughs> and and it's hard to say it, it it just it takes time they you know I think folks feel like we're 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 sitting on our hands when in fact um, it just it takes it takes time to put the financing together it takes time I mean nowadays anybody who's tried to, to hire somebody to do contracting
2: good there's
1: luck. good luck there's waiting lists uh, uh, a mile long and and, and for good reasons we, you know so we don't have that power we don't have the power to change the broader economic health of Northeast Ohio, which we need to have, we, that needs to get a lot stronger in order for weak market neighborhoods to become healthy, healthy market neighborhoods. Um, and so it's it's it's. I I deeply empathize with folks in the neighborhood who've seen, especially folks who've been around before the two thousand seven. Yeah. Um, a recession, great recession, the foreclosure crisis, right? Who, who were sitting on equity, who saw a neighborhood that was very, very stable become completely unstable overnight, and and we're not, we're we're not at, we're not at that. In some ways, we're at that. We're back to pre two thousand seven, right? You know, our our single family vacancy rates went from two three percent in oh seven. Twenty five percent in two thousand ten, two thousand twelve, and we're back down to two, three percent now. Um, but with a lot fewer homes right. than we had, um, so I empathize with folks who've seen, who've, who've been living the roller coaster, and who are like, "When the hell are we going to be, be up at, at at the top yeah. again?" Um, so that's difficult. Um, it's also, you know, we've been leaning in a lot on community organizing, and not moving away, you know, still supporting, say, the block club model, but recognizing the block club model, you know, those block clubs reflect, you know, they're they're mainly folks who are homeowners and folks who've been homeowners for two, three, four decades. Broadway Slavic Village, two, three, four decades ago, we were a 90% white neighborhood. And so the block clubs reflect that. We still want to support them. We still want to support neighbors getting That's together. That's an
0: interesting, tricky problem. It's, I hadn't even thought about it that way.
1: It, 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 we discovered that as we were doing our, our um, strategic plan when I first came in. And we were very excited about having you know, 700 uh, surveys and interviews and uh, 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 focus groups uh, put together with all this really good information that actually guided us towards this stronger housing stability model. But when we looked at the demographics in the neighborhood, that is half black, thirty percent of the respondents were African American. Right?
0: What's causing this gap? What's causing
1: this gap? And it was because we were very much leaning on the the residential, the resident leadership models that were in place. And so we've been developing this whole community uh, community steward model where we are proactive around building a community of neighborhood leaders that reflect the geographic diversity and the racial diversity and the, and the and the age diversity of the neighborhood and so we're now in year we're approaching year 4 of having uh cohorts of 20 neighborhood residents go through this leadership program that we've developed they get paid stipends they go through racial equity training they go through uh neighborhood uh Neighborhood Connection training. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so you had to completely almost pivot where you were getting information from because you were doing the strategic plan and mm-hmm. what you found out. Right. So that your strategic plan could actually represent what the neighborhood needed. We're, we're,
1: we're, 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 we needed to develop that. It's not really develop leadership. It's re- actually really more recognizing the leadership that exists and giving them Giving those residents the platform, building that capacity, building that capacity, building, but and also elevating them as 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 leaders leaders. they are right. Uh, So that that would then go towards our master planning process, which we're we're starting uh, late this year, early next year, because we want those development decisions to be actually guided by a neighborhood in in, in in a representative fashion. Now, that has bitten
2: us, uh,
1: that's come back to bias, yeah, right? You, you empower folks, and, uh, the, and they, then they come back and they say, you kind of stink at this. And we have to say, yeah, yeah we kind of stink <laughs> at this.
0: Oh, How do we give them the metrics, the tools, the yep. language, and they're going to use it. Exactly. And so that's hard. Uh, <laughs> that's, hard to, that's hard to get the,
1: the emails or the calls saying, what's going on with this? I'm like, all right. But, but, but it also means you have to lean in, right? right. And, and a lot of those folks who are critical, um, they care. Asked, they care. They're leaders. They've developed amazing things. And you know, some of them are also on the on the board now. Right? How do you how do you how do you lean in with those critical uh critical voice critical voices? And that's been something I've I've personally that's personally personally challenging for me. Sure. Uh to be able to take uh, criticism,
0: graciously. That's an interesting thing to say that you have a challenge with because my perception of you from the outside is you're always kind of a heady guy, which means you're aware of pros cons every situation. Is it? Is it? Do you find that your issues in, in it being challenging for you come from delivery? Does it come from like t- like where do you? F- just it, you know what? It's it's it's, it it's, it's me. It's the me. Internal. It's 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 just
1: internal. It's the the emotions, internal. right? It's that, that it's fight a, or flight.
2: Yeah, that's a critical, like, it's that critical speech going in your head, yeah. going, I failed. And he's like, no, I didn't fail. Right. I just have to recorrect how we're yeah. doing this. Yeah.
1: It's either I failed yeah. or I'm defensive yeah. or how dare they? They right. don't see that we're doing all this. I've tried other so hard, stuff, right? <laughs> that's a struggle. Um,
0: but you just, that, that line might be one of the critical ones to come out of this podcast episode. If an organization or a community group or something, Exists long enough to predate the current makeup? does anyone like that's not a question I think I've ever actually heard because mm-hmm. I mean Collinwood's a neighborhood not too dissimilar. We've got our own certain certain things. But if certain block clubs meet every Monday and a half since before I was born, yeah. what did the neighborhood look like when it was founded? Mm-hmm. Those people are probably still present, because they would be. Yeah. Are you trying to make sure everyone who's here now are present? Right. How do you do that? So the fact that you're creating that that cohort thing and it's "Quote unquote only," so you said four years, round twenty, so under a hundred people. That's a huge number of people to affect a neighborhood.
1: Yeah, our, our goal is to have two hundred. Now, now the funding's difficult because <laughs> nobody wants to fund that, right? right? I mean, we got some funding early on from Gun Foundation for awesome. this, uh, but we actually started this. We 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 started just doing this ourselves, self funding it because we, we were not sure if this was gonna gonna work out, and and, um, and fortunately, we were we had. Been organizationally in a strong financial uh, 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 situation to be able to. Yeah, throw I was 20, 30, at your financials. Dollars.
2: You're pretty diverse in your financials. Yeah, you have to be. Yeah, otherwise you you can't succeed. Right,
1: right. Hmm. Um, and and that's and that's something that I mean, I, not just community development corporations, but nonprofits. Yes. It's it's you know I'm I, um Rob Curry who was the 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 director at uh CHN Housing Partners uh who actually started off uh at a predecessor of Broadway Slum Village so he's like like one of my like uh, predecessors as an executive director he would always say no no mission no margin no mission right you don't have the funds to do what it is that you're doing you cannot fulfill your mission um and that's something I've always I've always kept in the front of my mind. I mean going back to those 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 discussions at the dinner table with my dad about you know what's what what was what his work like? What what's he doing? Um and and knowing that that's just essential for for organizations, businesses, whatever, to be able to, to move forward. You gotta you have to have good uh fiscal controls to to uh, to be able to um to serve your folks well.
2: So you were talking a little bit about your board. Um is that um like each CDC is kind of a little bit different. Yes. Like what how is your board makeup and like what is your relationship with like your board president or your like exec cab or whatever? Like what does that look like for you or how does that work?
1: It, this is this is I mean this is very much a team team effort. Um so our board um uh is is one it's it's an appointed board. So folks on the board Identify other folks in the community or other, you know, they, they don't have to live in Broadway, software. It's about a little over half of our board members are folks who live in the neighborhood. Another half are folks who have some sort of connection to the neighborhood or just folks who feel strongly about the work that, that we're doing. I mean, I, I got a couple of board members through, uh, you know, I'm not sure if Business Volunteers Unlimited still does this, but they did a speed dating. Uh, oh yeah, I've program. seen I've
2: seen that. I uh, you're talking
1: about. I got really good board members out of that, folks who didn't have any connection with the neighborhood who just felt strongly as a part of you know, just through a five minute conversation about what it is that we did, to say, Hey, this is something I want to be be a part of. Um uh we have uh so you know, leadership in the board, they've been really mindful about succession planning. Um so I, you know, I uh, Tim, who uh, is our new board president, was previously the board vice president. Greg, who was the previous board president, was previously the vice president. Like we're moving folks up through the ranks, at, through the ranks as they're familiar with what the organization does, what their 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 duties as as uh, as board members are, and as a result, we've just we we have. Um, we have continuity while at the same time bringing on new board members, oftentimes through the community stewards program. Um, uh, and there's just, there's just a strong, uh, there's just a strong team vibe there. We had our, uh, you know, we just had our, our last board meeting at the end of June and it, it was the last board meeting of our fiscal year. And so we had, you know, we had um, Suzanne, the, the 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 board member who was board president when, I got hired she was stepping down after having served for um almost two decades and and folks just stuck around after i mean it was after the meeting and you know we just had drinks and and some food and just and I'd, i had to finally kick folks out at,
0: at <laughs> you know, home, nine ten o'clock uh, in the
1: evening yeah. and you can't stay here yeah <laughs> it's it's a, it's a good team
0: so it sounds like culture was you were fortunate to be in, to be um, given yes but it sounds also like consciously building that and the, the, the idea of taking people and bringing them in whether they have uh, experience or not but then allowing them to grow and then determine their future that's really smart it makes a lot of sense it makes <laughs> sense for this kind of business because I don't know I don't know if you want to hire a whole professional board and I don't know if you want just residents that have never been that have never heard of the Robert's Rule board. like there yeah. has to be some middle ground.
1: yeah yeah and this is our way of, of, of developing that
0: very that, that,
2: that so, up. are you always looking for new board members, or are you full? Like, what does your
1: no? We all we always are. So, right now we've got we've got twelve board members. Now, I think ideally we would have fifteen to seventeen. That's sure. about the right mix. Um, and again, we have a very mindful way of of, of going going through this. So we we like folks to start off as a non board committee member with our Strategic Initiatives Committee. Basically, it's our planning committee that meets every other month. Um, and it's, it's an opportunity for... I, I basically report to that committee everything that the organization has done over the last two months and how that's been a part of our strategic plan or master planning process. And for new board members, it's a really great way for them to understand everything that the organization does before becoming Board members, and we found that by by doing that, by folks serving on that committee for a year, um, they tend to be multi-year board members. you kind
2: of see how they perform on that committee, it, like if they're actually invested yeah, or if it's just yeah, like- it's a
1: combination of of how it is that they perform, but like what kind of questions are they asking? What kind of input are they are they providing into the work uh, that we're that that we're doing? Uh, how engaged yeah. are they? Um, And, yeah, more often than not, I mean, when, you know, they're able to have, be a part of, you know, certainly not the day-to-day functions, because you don't want that from a board, but certainly strategically,
0: you're in good shape.
2: So if somebody was, like, wanting to get involved with Slavic Village CDC, what would you recommend, or, like, how should they connect with you guys, or if they just want to meet you because you're a really cool person, (laughs) or, like, how do they get in touch with... Slavic village and your,
1: your the easiest thing is to shoot me an email uh Chris a at SlavicVillage.org just go to slavicvillage dot org on your favorite uh, browser um and there's you know there's a way to to get uh, get in contact with us I mean we get we get folks contacting us all the time all ages all backgrounds who are you know either interested in the work that we're doing and you want to be a part of it or just wondering what it was, what it is that we do, um,
2: yeah. So, what would your hope or dream be for Cleveland itself as a whole? As like, if you were going, okay, ten years from now, this is what I hope for
1: Cleveland. So we've got this, we've got this remarkable opportunity as a, a, you know, a city that has this legacy infrastructure, right? And I'm not just talking about physical infrastructure right. of of the city of the roads, uh, uh, water lines, sewer lines, power, et cetera, uh, but also the organizational legacy right uh, whether it's from a nonprofit end with the foundation community and 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 the whole nonprofit network that we have in place, also from the business community, right this is a this is a a, a region that has all of the things needed to help any size business to thrive. What, what I want to see happening is that in, in, in 10 years, that we've developed that capacity from within, right? That we've, that we've helped the folks who are here and who are struggling, but who have that leadership capacity, who have something to give, that they have a path to move towards building power, Building wealth, building connections um and that we we have that in place so that as that 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 we retain folks and that we attract more folks from outside of the community, especially immigrants i mean i'm I'm saying this as as um uh, a uh, someone who's whose mom came here from Vietnam mm-hmm. who's you know, and who's um on, on on my dad's side, you know, while we were you know, we were fifth generation Texan, you know, they they themselves were were immigrants. Um, this is a welcoming community. We need to be doing more to to attract folks and, and to have them to to be a part of this, this, this diverse strong community while still being true to the folks who've been who've been doing the work and who've been fighting this uh, throughout. Uh, it's, I mean, it's been a hot summer. It ain't getting any cooler for us or for anybody else. And, you know, we're beginning to see those, those climate, those, those climate refugees
2: mm-hmm.
1: coming to Northeast Ohio. We better be ready for that.
0: Mm-hmm. That's the one, I mean, being on the it's awesome. Yeah. Um, but like you said, those legacy, non-physical infrastructures, we, I'm biased to so anything I say about Cleveland. I mean, yeah, he's like, fine. I love Cleveland. I mean, you know, not, like Cleveland, again, Cleveland. <laughs> you don't see video. It's, I literally wear Cleveland everywhere, even though I never leave it. It's fine. Uh, but no, that's a really interesting take, given that you are, I mean, but you've been here longer than some people who were born here. Yeah. So you are as Cleveland as anybody I know. I mean,
1: you, it's been live the, it. it's, it's, It'll be uh, 30 years next year. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I came here thinking I'm going to be here for a year or two, and it just, it just what captured we do my heart. Need. That's what we do to
0: you. Because Cleveland visiting. loves Cleveland. We love Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, that's that's very cool. So knowing, I'm glad that that question got asked, because I was hoping to hear your thoughts there. So shorter shorter term, is there anything happening in your life personally or with Slavic Village? Because I'm hopeful, listeners, you're hearing this within a couple of weeks of this recording. Is there anything happening this summer that you want everyone to – be aware of late July early August anything.
1: Well, we've got okay, well, okay, this will be in a couple of weeks. So by that time, rooms to let, which is taking place yeah. this weekend, that'll have passed. Hopefully, um, you
0: already have gone there. So I'm not worried about that. I yeah, there's a be there.
1: be in touch with that. Um <laughs> it's it, you know, we're we're trying to move a few different developments uh up and going uh 55th and Broadway uh has, you know, a lot of vacant properties, commercial properties. That have really been struggling over the last uh, few decades and so we're working with developers around you know fixing up their buildings mm-hmm. and and um and, and renovating those and doing some new construction there so we're hoping to see that happening uh we're uh working with the word 12 uh, councilman uh, Moore around fleet avenue to bring in more businesses over there cool. we've got a lot of construction actually already taking place there at uh, east 50th and fleet at right as you come off of i seventy seven that's been you know pretty much the uh the front door uh into uh into the neighborhood um and but a lot of it is just you know kind of behind the scenes work around a master planning still building uh building up neighborhood uh, uh capacity uh work is actually getting started on the um downtown connector trail that was something that we've been we've been working cool. on very for Freaking years! It was like something that <laughs> this is an, this is an example of how long things take. I came here nine years ago. Marie, my predecessor, said, "Hey, we just got this big grant from Noaka for planning for the this, this this downtown connector trail, which is basically the east side equivalent of the Towpath Trail, going yeah. parallel to I seventy seven, connecting up the Ohio and Erie Canal Reservation, Lodge and Park Reservation, up through the neighborhood, connecting up with the Morgana Run Trail." into downtown, landing right at uh progressive field. Yeah. So she said, we got this going, we just need the city to put in their oh, matching grant. you
0: just said it. The city. <laughs> and they're doing the best they can they're doing the they best are. they can. Oh. Uh
1: and they didn't have the funds. Right. Back then. We, and 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 we partnered up with Cleveland Metro Parks, um, helped them with a, a grant to uh the raise grant with the feds. I think that's also been uh, been crucial for uh, the lakefront. Uh, up here in uh, in Collingwood, and so Absolutely. so they uh, they've hired a, a consultant. We're like working with ODOT, and and, and, and Earth is moving for <laughs> that trail. Knock on wood, we're actually going to see uh, pavement um, uh, in place in a, in a, in a few years for that. But Good. we're just we're just moving that forward.
2: So it takes time. Oh my goodness! Just take time, guys. Yeah,
1: patience is tricky, it's, it's, especially in this area. Please all, give
2: grace. Yeah,
1: it's 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 a duck. Yeah, it looks still on the surface, but it's paddling like like mad <laughs> underneath. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, I'm I'm super gracious to receive anyone that wants to come down. Um, Hadi has these recording sessions, and I never know how they'll go. The conversation went very smoothly for us. Hopefully, you had fun. Yeah. My last, last thing. Anything fun for you? You. What are you doing in the next month? What fun? Oh Something fun. It's still weather good. I don't know.
1: Still- I don't know if it's fun. So in fun for you or enjoy in two anything. weeks, probably by time, folks are listening to this, I'm going to be on a bike somewhere between Cleveland and Cincinnati. I do this every year. Oh yeah. Um, it's the uh, called the Pan Ohio Hope Ride. We raise money for the Hope uh, American Cancer Society Hope Lodges. Okay. So we got one here in Cleveland. Uh, it's a fundraiser for that. The Hope Lodges exist to help folks who are battling cancer um, but who, you know, don't live near mm-hmm. uh, their, uh, their physicians and their, their medical team okay. to be able to have a place free where they can stay, get treatment. They and their families are you know, can, can stay here in Cleveland, you know, go to the UH or the clinic uh, or Metro to get, to, to help them get. Well, this is something, I, this will be the 10th time. I've done this right. Three hundred twenty-eight miles Holy over God. four days on a bike. Hopefully, my uh, my ankle <laughs> you're, you're, will be uh, the,
0: the issues we discussed earlier will be resolved. Hopefully, they'll be resolved by then.
1: Resolved by then. Um, <laughs> but uh, I started doing that um, uh, the year that my dad passed away. He uh, he uh, uh, passed away uh, eleven years ago. Uh, glioblastoma, brain oh. cancer, and so this is just kind of my way of honoring uh, honoring his legacy and helping other folks to. Uh, to be able to celebrate more birthdays, um, awesome. and then in October, my wife and I are going to take two weeks. We're going to go to Spain and Portugal. That is that's a amazing. part of health Kit. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm talking about. We're but gonna that, that ride too. Absolutely. Uh, just and, and listeners, just you will see some things. We'll definitely want to link, get that okay. information, share it out. That's also awesome. get some support, some swing some support your way. Appreciate. You. But uh, eat, drink too much. Oh yeah, <laughs> whatever that is, whether that's uh, vino, whether that's uh, oh. fruit juice, whatever you like. we will
1: be oh um, no no no, we're we're staying at a winery,
0: <laughs> okay, in the Douro
1: Valley in Portugal Good. for a couple of nights. Uh, we're gonna eat all the tinned fish in <laughs> Lisbon. <laughs> we're gonna have all the, the jamon hamon in uh, in Sevilla. It's gonna be great. That's yeah,
0: awesome. My co-host, I am going to graciously thank you. Truly appreciate you, and we'd love to have you on anytime you want to talk.
1: Uh, Heidi yeah. Roberts, it's been a pleasure. pleasure okay,
2: I have to end with my two questions. My last two questions. is right. My first one is, what would you say to your five-year-old self?
1: Take risks. Just take risks. If you see an opportunity, just, just dive into it. Um, I, was, I was a quiet kid. Growing up, I love my books. I love just kind of just hunkering down and being comfortable. Take some damn
2: risks. Okay. <laughs> and then what advice do you give to your future staff?
1: Stay vulnerable. I mean, another kind of mm-hmm. risk taking, right? Yeah. It's, 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 you know, and especially in this work, it's, it's easy to put up barriers. And sometimes mm-hmm. you kind of have to do that to take care of yourself. Like, you still have to be vulnerable. Um, I
2: think that's, like, such an important thing for, like, the listeners to hear. Because you said, like, sometimes you do have to put up things to protect yourself. Yeah. But in the process of protecting yourself, are you still also losing yourself because you're not being vulnerable? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's really easy to do. And, uh, yeah, I think if you're going to be completely true... Who you are, um, you know you gotta you gotta let yourself get hurt.
0: That's a clip there. Well, yeah, I, don't, I don't. We never know how to end because we don't ever really want to. <laughs> we understand yeah. that there's a limit to the timing. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, these episodes come out infrequently and much more frequently thanks to the really cool folks we're going to be talking to in the next short bit. Um, Chris, as always, you're welcome whenever. Uh, keep us abreast of all of the cool things Slavic village is doing. That, all the cool uh, the things you're line. doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All those details we want to share as much as we can. But yeah, thanks again. You know, I appreciate having
1: Thank you coming down here. It's a sweet little uh little den you no, got going yeah, on. Here. It's a, it's a,
0: and I'll will do the walkthrough with you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so Thank much. You so